This episode of Aphorisms is recorded in London, the colonial capital, and on the unceded lands of the Gadigal and Wongal peoples. We pay our respects to Elders past, present and future. Oh, hey there. Welcome to episode nine of Aphorisms. Um, Welcome back. This week, um, Maddie and I have a very special edition of um, Astrology Hacks for you. Plus, we head back to Portugal with the ladies of Real Housewives of Potomac and cover our absolute favourite show of all time. Like, not just our favourite Real Housewives franchise, but, like, my new favourite show anyway, Um, Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Like, shit, we are only on episode two of this show and I am already in deep. It gives me so much joy um, from minute to minute. And we also discuss the remake um the new 2020 version of Roald Dahl's The Witches um and share our feelings on that as well as on the original film so settle in and enjoy good morning good evening Ash how you going I'm very good how are you I'm okay, but why are you very good? I just had a good day yesterday. Oh, yeah, you had a good day. I had a good day yesterday, and also it's, like, finally hot in Sydney. It's, Ugh. like, 30 degrees today, which is, like, my ultimate temperature. That's disgusting. So I feel very happy. Well, today's 8 degrees today in the UK, and I also felt happy. <laughs> <laughs> that is the opposite of my ideal temperature. Yes. Yes, it is. But it was my ideal. So why was it so good? Um, yesterday I went to dinner with someone who oh. is really nice. <laughs> yeah, she's just lovely. That's cute. Well, we'll check back in with you on that. But it sounded positive. Yeah. Great. I have nothing that exciting happened to me other than the fact that I just ate a fried chicken burger for dinner. That was pretty good. Nice. Yeah. So same, same. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, we have a big week of topics to get to this week. Um, but I think first we should kick off with our horoscopes because astrology hacks. Astrology hacks. Yeah. However, <laughs> I know you're going to love this, but our favorite astrologer who we both get our horoscopes from, Jose Via. From her website, Know the Zodiac also has a sex zodiac horoscope, and she just posted the ones for like November, December, but it seems to be late. But I think we should do our sex horoscopes because it's going to be funny. How do you feel about that? (laughs) This is your podcast, Af. Let's do the sex horoscopes. (laughs) It's our podcast, Maddie. Can I go first? Because I just need it to be over. Sure, you can do whatever you like. Okay. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> Here's my sex horoscope, which I'm going to try and be um, very mature about. Okay. So mine says Taurus last month's Taurus blue moon shook you to the core, and everyone who is in your orbit is currently shook as well. This month's Scorpio season continues to activate your partnership sector, and the Scorpio new moon on the 15th kicks. A uh, six-month peri- period of sensuality, passion, and profound drama Ooh. in your love and sex life. Oh, no. 
See, wouldn't you rather know about it? You're forewarned. Yeah. Uranus, the planet of surprises mm-hmm. in retrograde in your sign until January 2021, teaching you to re- reevaluate the sexual and emotional decisions you've been making these past few months and make sure that your ego isn't cock-blocking your own <laughs> pleasure. Get out of your own way. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> Um, your partnership sector will be at its peak and you may feel ready to merge with someone who loves you, flaws and all. Aww. If you're already in a committed partnership that feels fulfilling, prepare to have some of the best lovemaking sessions <laughs> during. Oh, my God. Just, side note, I literally hate the word lovemaking more than anything. If someone ever said that to me, I thought that's not what we're doing. Terrible. <sighs> I'm skipping some of this. Yeah, it's very long. They're long, the sex horoscopes, because it's like for a whole month. Your sex life is about to skyrocket this eclipse season, so you might as well strap up and prepare. Wow. (laughs) (sighs) I hate it when we do the sex horoscopes. You say that like we do it all the time. (laughs) Never done this. (laughs) We've never done it on this podcast, but we've done like you you've done it before (laughs) i have not you're a liar um how do you feel about that i feel like you did not read a lot of it (laughs) (laughs) it was just being so crazy um (laughs) yeah i don't know what to say about that like every time that that you read a fuck every time you read a sex horoscope to me like it's always like you can have a wild sex time. I've and, said like, it I'm once. The type of person that like almost never has a wild sex time. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So it's just a little bit difficult. Like I believe that it's probably true for other Tauruses, but it's, it's just a little bit difficult to get on board with. Your face just looks so horrified. I remember the only other time that we read through them because we were like just testing the waters and having a look at what they were. You were cringing. Like, I could see it pain, like, painting your whole body. And you just kept saying, this is heinous, this is heinous. And so I thought that was so funny. So I wanted to read it again. (laughs) I feel like, you know, sex is something to do, not to talk about. (laughs) You're so boring. (laughs) What else do you talk about? This is my favourite topic. Do you know, I, I have a problem with this. Every time I meet, like, a couple any couple I can't help the first thing I imagine is what they're like having sex you do yeah I can't help it it's like the first thing my mind goes to like what would that look like for these two like I just do anyway um yeah that must be uncomfortable in like a lot of situations (laughs) no I don't do it okay not for like inappropriate people but like you know (laughs) peers and people that it's not inappropriate to look at you know I feel uncomfortable saying this now I'm gonna read my sex horoscope um, okay, go. <laughs> oh god, they're so long. Um, Just paraphrase it. Yeah, I'm gonna. It okay. says, this is the month where satisfaction can be prioritised and your needs can be met. But the only way that can happen is if you dare to let your lover, including your own self, know what your needs are. Oh, yeah, I feel uncomfortable too now. I don't like it. Um, <laughs> with Venus in Libra most of the month, the best thing you can do is take yourself less seriously. Even if you're already in a relationship. I don't take myself seriously. Oh, yes, you do. <laughs> don't. I'm, I'm a very chill person. Oh, your annual Scorpio new moon on November 15th. 
when was that? That was last weekend. Um, kickstarts a six-month chapter of deepened bliss and sexual and emotional ecstasy. Great. Um, you can have everything you want if you ask for it and believe that it's yours. Awesome. Anyone who kisses you will feel intoxicated by your aura. Heads up, Kim, if you're going to be intoxicated. Um, <laughs> uh, some of the best sex of the month awaits at month's end, and it's due to all the shadow work you've been doing this season. I don't know what that means. You'll shadow feel- work is like when you um, are like investigating the darker parts of yourself. So it's like the kind of work that you have to do like on your emotions. It's like mm. going to therapy and reading self-help books and like self-reflecting that's shadow work that sounds hard um (laughs) you'll feel reborn and those fortunate enough to merge with you around the eclipse will feel imprinted with your transformative sexual vibration that was a lot a mess it was a mess you know what maybe we won't ever do that again let's never do that again (laughs) (laughs) i thought it would be funnier unless like i wanted to die but we've done it now What are we going to talk about first? Should we do Potomac? Yeah, let's do Potomac. We always do Potomac first, eh? Well, yep. I guess so. Yeah. Okay. So this week on Real Housewives of Potomac, we're watching episode 16 of season five, and it is Real Housewives of Potomac in Portugal. Yeah. The second episode. Yeah. They're, they're in Madeira, actually. Apparently that's not like Portugal, Portugal, but it's an island. Um, so... In Portugal, Candace was – no, not Candace. Ashley came for Candace basically because she's been drinking a lot but has opened up to the women about wanting to start a family. She thinks she's ready to, like, be a mum. And everyone's mm-hmm. like, oh, my God, that's so amazing and, like, so powerful that you've come to that realisation because Candace has always been like, I'm not actually sure that I want to be a mother and that's because she's not sure if she can be a good mother based on the fact that her mother was a little bit of um, a tormentor. And she's still unpacking that through lots of years of therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, so she wasn't too sure if she wanted to be a mum. She is now. And Ashley kind of takes this moment to be like, do you see how like I could come for you on this? Because when Ashley said she was trying to get pregnant um, and she was drinking a little bit, Candace kept being like, well, are you trying to get pregnant? Why don't you have like another beer kind of thing? I was being very mm-hmm. judgy wudgy. And Ashley and Michael had had a miscarriage and Michael was like crying at, like, a very public event, and Candace was like, I don't think that's real emotion, and they're just kind Mm -hmm. of performing it, and Ashley was basically just like, how dare you be so judgmental of us when you don't know the process that we went through, and now you want to be a mum, and I could be the same with you, but I'm not, because I've taken the high ground, but not really, because she kept pointing it out. What did you think about that conversation? I, I mean, I agreed with Ashley, because Candace fully did that (laughs) a lot. She pointed out a lot of stuff about people's relationships and commented on things that she really had no business commenting on, like Ashley's miscarriage and her journey getting pregnant. However, I mean, not however, also, Ashley did the same thing before she had her baby. She was very in other people's business, and Robin pointed this out. She was like, was Robin or Giselle? One of them said, like, you were the one that used to kind of comment on everyone's relationships and be very mm-hmm. opinionated about it until you had your miscarriage and had your baby and went through like a very traumatic experience yourself. You didn't, that's when you kind of stopped judging other people. 
Yeah. Um, I, I remember Robin was sort of like, you were very judgmental about my relationship and my family and the choices that I made about my relationship and my family. Yeah. And then Ashley yeah. was like, fair enough, but I didn't bash you on social media like Candace did to me. And then Robin was like, yeah, but she'll do that to anyone. It's a character flaw. And I was like, oh. <laughs> um, Robin is so shady. She is very shady this episode, wasn't she? Mm-hmm. I kind of enjoyed it, um, but she was also kind of rude. Not rude. Yeah, rude. About um, when they were talking about how does Karen and Ray even have sex at their age? And then Robin was like, I remember years ago, she told me she hated Ray's dick and I will never forget it. And this kept talking. And I was like, oh, Robin, let it go. <laughs> that was so brutal. Yeah, it really she- was. She was like, some, like implying that. Um, what's Robin? Uh, sorry, what's Karen's partner's name? Ray. Yeah. That Ray wears dress socks when they have sex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she did say that. I I can see that. I can see that too. Yeah, for sure. Also in this episode, um, the Green Eyed Bandits plus <laughs> Candace played a, a prank on Wendy. It was such an elaborate set up prank that I thought it was going to be better than it was but it was a bit crap they just basically went to her room and put a fake snake and like some plastic spiders in her bed and that was, uh-huh. and they waited in the closet that was probably the most scary part she screamed and shit at pants when they jumped out <laughs> yeah I just say I love Wendy's scream like I know I already mentioned it on this podcast but like when T'Challa flew at Wendy that time <laughs> in the previous episodes when T'Challa flew at Wendy and she screamed and like when she screamed she like flaps her hands she's like (laughs) flapping her hands like like when she screams I love it so I was really excited like leading up to the prank because I was like yes Wendy's gonna scream um because I just love it when she like her scream is so cute and funny um that was so sweet and then but then, like, it was so funny because she saw the fake spider and screamed. And then she came back to the bed and she was like, this is fake. And then opened the bed and then she screamed again, <laughs> even though, like, she knew the previous spider was fake. I guess it's like the double whammy, you know? You think it's all over and then there's more. So it's like, oh, and you're just shocked from that. Yeah. Um, but I do wish these girls would leave Wendy alone. Yeah. I feel like they kind of left, other than this kind of little hazing ritual, which was so fucking lame. Um, can I also just say one of my pet hates every time Candace talks and starts crying, the fucking napkin, how she dabs, like, right under her eye- eyelids. Like, she just dabs, like, so she doesn't mess up her makeup. It honestly drives me fucking insane. I feel like it's all I Why? ever see. Every episode. I don't know. It's annoying. Okay. Yeah. And also Karen has graduated on this trip from milk to tea hot tea mm-hmm. um so she stopped drinking milk with the straw which is awesome i'm really glad that she's not drinking milk anymore because that was making me feel sick <laughs> Same. i don't know how that's like an american thing right you have milk with dinner and stuff and you give it to kids you should not be drinking yeah. cow's milk at meal times or ever just straight yeah um yeah. <laughs> also things that you should never be doing the the one part of the episode that stands out to me the most above all else that happened was fucking Giselle's disgusting ponytail, like hair extension that she had going on. It was probably the worst thing I've ever seen 
on Real Housewives, even including Ramona's terrible slicked back ponytail of last season. Like, this is worse than that, I think. She was that, like, it is not worse than Ramona's ponytail. Yeah. Ramona's, I mean, I didn't watch that season, but I've seen photos <laughs> of that ponytail, and that ponytail was objectively worse. Objective? Oh, I could literally see the hair extension clinging for dear life on the back of the head. <laughs> she looked like 80s Barbie or something, which is not a bad thing. I just hated it. Um, all in all, still quite uneventful. Like, normally on a holiday, like, they have had little quibbles, little tiff arguments, but normally on a trip, like a housewife's trip, you need to have a big fucking blowout. So that hasn't happened yet. I think it's coming with um, the info that Ashley's written a character statement mm. for Monique. Which she revealed at the end of the episode. So Robin was like, how could you possibly be doing a statement? For Monique, because you were in the bathroom. So I think she said, she was like, does it start with? And then I came out of the bathroom because you weren't there to witness it. Um, and then Ashley was like, no, it's actually a character witness against Candace because she has her own issues with Candace when she had that butter knife, like thrown at her neck or something. Yeah. So um, one of Ashley's like, well, it seems like Ashley's main reason for doing this is that um, Monique wrote, a statement and like seem to manage some of the footage of Michael Darby's um, alleged uh, sexual harassment, sexual assault. Is it alleged? Yeah. I mean, I think it, I think it is alleged, but Mm -hmm. like we know that it happened. Yeah. Um, I also want to say about Michael Darby that my friend, like my friend slash sister Sydney um, corrected me on Michael Darby. I was like I noticed on the internet that Michael Darby, the real estate mogul, and Michael Darby, the politician, were conflated in a lot of info about Bravo. But actually, Michael Darby is just a real estate mogul. He's never oh. been in the Christian Democratic or Liberal Party in Australia. Um, oh. He does do a lot of commentary on Australia for US like publications, though, which is super strange because he's not here. Um, <laughs> And, like, yeah, anyway. Okay. So, so I apologise for conflating that info. I got I got bad info from the internet, and thanks heaps to Sydney for correcting me on that. Um, but, yeah, so coming back to um, actually yeah. writing a character statement against Candace for Monique's case, um, it seems like Ashley's doing it because she's like, Monique helped me out. Um, helped me get out of a sticky situation like legally and so I'm doing the same for her don't you reckon yeah I definitely think Monique is like hey 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 I had your back on that like you owe me um Uh and she probably still has the footage so she probably has that over like you know what I mean she could be like this could all of a sudden be discovered I don't know like because she said she didn't have cameras in the basement but like she has her whole house with security cameras so why wouldn't she have had that there um so, but the interesting thing is we've seen actual footage from, like, season one or season two of Michael Darby grabbing another cameraman's ass. And the yeah. guy's like, hey, hey, well, don't do that. So I completely believe that he did it. Um, no, there's no doubt for a single <laughs> second whether Michael Darby did that. Yeah. Um, I'm just saying that, like, yeah, I think when it comes to legally, it's still alleged. Fine. But has I don't think he's been charged, right? Correct. For- yeah, because Monique was like, I didn't see nothing, there's no footage, nobody can prove anything. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's probably why Ashley's coming to bat so hard. Plus, she's just always had it in for Candace because they've just always gone at each other. So, 
this is not like no shit off her shoulders, pretty much. Yes. So I feel like there's a massive blow up pending between those two. Okay, well that's exciting because I mean I don't love when people fight, but also you know you kind of need the the energy at this point of the you season. You watch this show for the fights. <laughs> yeah, and for the aspirational nature. That's kind of why I stopped watching OC as well because I don't want to watch Gina's little house. You know, I don't want to watch these people in this. I don't want to see regular attainable stuff. <laughs> I want to see Heather Dubrow with her fucking 3,000 foot pool. Anyway, I digress. Um, that was Potomac this week. Again, I think the main thing that's missing is like them being near each other, Monique and Candace. Um, so I'm really excited for the reunion. Yeah, it's going to be good. So good. Um, did you have any other thoughts this week? Um, no, I don't have any other thoughts. I just once again loved and appreciated watching them be on holidays. (laughs) What a treat. (laughs) What a treat indeed. Yeah, I remember holidays. They were good. So good. Um, so shall we move on then to Salt Lake City, my favourite franchise of all time? Yeah. Great. Um, (laughs) I already love this show so much. I don't know where it's going to go from here. I hope it doesn't, like, it's not peak too early, but... I just, I love every minute, every episode, every, every episode, all two episodes, like every single minute has been action packed. Um, so for this episode, episode two of season one of Salt Lake City, um, the hospital comment drama just continues. <laughs> Jen has figured out a storyline and she will not let it go. She is going to beat this to death. Do you know what I mean? She yeah, Jen's really going to take this forward yeah. um, into the season. I loved when, like, it cut to Mary talking about the hospital smell drama. So basically, <laughs> like, Jen's mum, uh, Jen's auntie, okay. who she sees like a mother, was in hospital. She had to get both her legs amputated. And then Jen came to, like, a dinner or something afterwards. And Mary said, it smells like hospital in here. Um and someone told Jen that Mary said that. So Mary didn't say it directly to Jen. It's just somebody, this yeah. lady who we met last episode, I forget who she is. Yeah. Um, she's um, subsidiary, like she's not <laughs> important. Um, but she kind of like went to Jen straight away and bitched. And something that we learned from, I think, the first episode and this episode about mm. Jen is that a lot of um, women in Salt Lake City want to be friends with Jen. So they kind of like follow her around did you notice that like how those two women like followed Jen into the bathroom and were like what's wrong Jen yeah she had a few hangers on she has a she has a few hangers on so I mean I understand because I love Jen and I would follow her around (laughs) but you're gonna be like because Um, I have hangers on every time I go to the bathroom (laughs) no I'm a hanger on I want to be hanging on to a woman like Jen um yeah so basically Jen's upset with Mary for saying this. In this episode, Mary actually apologised to Jen and was like, I'm really sorry. Like, Yeah, but not um, before she, like, doubled down on it, tripled down on it. She was like, yeah, I said it. She smelled like hospital. And then her friends that were with her, they smelled like hospital too. It all smelled like hospital. I don't like hospital smell. I had a very traumatic time in hospital. It was a lot of hospital smell. Like, she said it, like, a lot. She reinforced it. And Jen has turned this into, she said that I smelled like hospital into she was disrespecting family and that's crossing the line. Like, as in like, mm-hmm. I was like, I don't see how that is what happened through this comment, but you know, you have picked your hill to die on. And then as you said, mm-hmm. Mary apologized 
And she was like, mm-hmm. fine, sorry that I upset you. Jeez. Relax. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Um, yeah. And then she gave us some more detail about her time in hospital and why she was so traumatized by the smell of hospitals. She said she was in there for like 30 days. Once uh-huh. again, for having <laughs> 12 surgeries to have her odor glands removed. Do you still know what that fucking means yet? Like, I just still don't know what that means. I told you. Okay, so I, I Googled it and yeah, I was right. It's removing the glands in your body that produce smell, which is a lot of glands, by the way. <laughs> That's why it was 12 <laughs> surgeries, I guess. That's so weird. Yeah. Do you reckon she was forced to do that by her step-grandpa slash husband? No, uh, I don't think that he made her get all her odor glands removed. Well, I'm just saying she seemed really triggered by it. Also, while we're on the topic, I don't want to keep talking about it, but I'm going to a little bit. I just read an article that I sent to you. I'm not sure if you read it, where um, more background about Mary and the step-grandpa that she married. Apparently, she was so uncomfortable on her wedding night at the thought of consummating the marriage that she told him he, she, he, she had her period and kept that going for like a month so she wouldn't have to consummate the marriage. That's just traumatizing to me. Like this woman did not want to be married to her step-grandpa at all. Of course she didn't. Of course she didn't. <laughs> and and she found a way to negotiate what she needed to negotiate. Yeah. Also apparently though her aunt, who that was her stepdad, she was the one that thought she should have married him. So she was pissed off that Mary did. Because it was more her place to do it. Like, not the grandchild. I don't want to say it. But she thought that, you know, it should be them. Plus, it's been accused that he killed the grandmother. Like, he murdered her. I saw that. So they had to exhume her body to determine that it was from natural causes. Like, this fucking... some wild stories going on in Mary's family. I just can't get over it. I'm going to be reading about her for the rest of my life. Like, happily. I'm fascinated by Mary. Like, I like... In this episode when um, I think it was Lisa and oh, Lisa and Whitney had a fight in this yeah. episode yeah. because Whitney said that, um, like, so basically Lisa's tequila company provided the um, alcohol for Whitney's vow renewal. Which apparently Whitney um, asked for as, like, a donation. Which, right. So Whitney asked for a donation of, of this and, and um, Lisa sent some bartenders too who Whitney said got really drunk. And, like, didn't clean up and, like, made a mess and t- drank some of her own alcohol that was at mm-hmm. her house and stuff like that. Um, so Whitney brought that up with Lisa. Lisa did not appreciate that. At all. Um, Lisa left Meredith's birthday party when Whitney brought it up to her and then later apparently called Whitney and threatened um, her. She said something like, don't talk about my business yeah. or I'm going to tell people that you're a swinger. And Whitney was not impressed. Mm-mm. And then the the women in this episode, they went on a like a skiing day. Yeah. Um, also, can I just say and- on that, I think Lisa missed the point of what Whitney was telling her. It wasn't like your booze was shit or anything. It was just like, hey, maybe fire those shitty bartenders. Like, they were not very professional bros. Lisa's like, you're attacking my business. But, like, any business, if you're sending people out and they do a really shitty job and you feed that back, that's just, that's normal. But, you know what I mean? Yeah, but because Whitney I don't know. did it publicly, I just Whitney was being a snitch. Like, just <laughs> let those dudes live. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, you got free alcohol. Like, what do you care? Yeah, true. That's true. And apparently, it was enough for five hundred people. But Whitney was like, we ran out by six p.m., so <laughs> it wasn't enough free booze either. 
but yeah, they they had a skiing day. Um, and of course we got the magic of them all trying on really expensive, ridiculous, like Chanel ski suits before they got ready for their big day out. Um, uh-huh. and Meredith apparently is the one that told Whitney to bring it up with Lisa, like just to uh-huh. chat with her about it. Of course, Whitney did the perfect Real Housewives move and did it while everyone was sitting at the table together. Uh-huh. Um, and she, in her, in her one-on-one like interview, Whitney's like, I didn't mention the fact that the rumor was that I'm a swinger. Like I didn't want to specifically mention that because then the conversation would turn to whether or not I'm a swinger or not. And that's not the point. It's about the fact that she threatened me and tried to shame me like with a rumor. So I was like, are you though? Like, is, that what, is that what you neither want to confirm or deny? And apparently Utah has a very big swingers population. Um, I guess because of the history of like polygamy and the, Latter Day Saints Church. Uh-huh. I um, believe it. Yeah, I believe it too. I was just like, "Ooh, this is gonna be such an interesting like layer to a Real Housewives um, season." Is this religious kind of undertone? Um, uh-huh. Uh-huh. And that's where it's kind of coming from. Then the conversation became that Lisa thinks she's like better than everybody else, and is just trying to shame and judge people. And she's like, "I don't care enough about you all to shame you or judge you." Quite frankly. Yeah. Look, I mean. Lisa just showed us in this episode and it was pretty clear out the gate that Lisa <laughs> is one of the least likable women on this show. Yeah, um, for sure. Meredith's separation also oh, came up. Oh, yeah. what what I was going to say before is um, when Lisa and Heather and Whitney were fighting at the table mm-hmm. after they went skiing. Yeah. Um, because like, Heather was I like, loved Mary's reactions. Like Mary's reactions were so authentic. <laughs> like I was like, that is exactly how I would react to this fight. Like Mary was just like, Ooh. <laughs> yeah, totally. Because Heather was getting involved because a Whitney is her cousin, and b she's got her little bone to pick with Lisa because she feels that Lisa's judging her, and the fact that she didn't remember who she was, but then mentioned the rumor about her shows that Lisa just thinks less of her or whatever. And I really think that Heather is been triggered by this because it's like a personal thing that she feels maybe a little bit inferior or something because this has really made her like and she said on twitter i saw afterwards she was like i really reacted this stronger like reacted to this stronger than i thought i ever would i guess i was Uh triggered by it because that's like one of her own issues i guess that she's Uh so like oh my god lisa you said you didn't know who i was um so yeah so she kind of lays into her as well and backs whitney Definitely. Uh, but yeah, Meredith and her husband, that is a sad, oh, awkward yes. story. They were like at dinner and I can't remember how it came up, but he was talking about um how he wanted, they should read each other's phones for transparency and stuff. And Meredith's like, I'm not letting you read my phone. That's not what needs to be done. He's like, you can read my phone. She's like, I don't want to read your phone either. And then he was like, well, I would like you to read my phone because that would show me that you care. Once again, I, I, I don't know what Meredith's husband's name is. Is, Same. but I don't like him. Same. Um, I really hated this conversation because, like, so in this conversation it's revealed that they're separated, mm-hmm. right? So what seems to have happened in this situation is that these two people are separated and she's trying to just, like, get together to have, like, a nice time with um, and, like, maybe, like, have a date and, like, have a, like, like she said, like a lighthearted time yeah. with a person that she's trying to reconnect with. And he is being so intense so and intense. so possessive of her. Um, 
and it's just disgusting. Like yeah. I just hated it. It I made was my like, skin no, crawl. Don't waste like... your time anymore on this moron. Yeah, yeah. It made my skin crawl. I hate when people do this. It felt really like manipulative and yeah, possessive. Um, he's convinced that she's cheating or like he's just he was very cold and he was very ruthless and she's just like, Can we not? Can we just have a fucking dinner? Like you're embarrassing me. Like, I don't know, maybe they both mutually agreed to separate and then she was, like, fine with it and then maybe that kind of pissed him off so he's now acting out a little bit or something. Like, I'm not sure, but, yeah, it wasn't very nice to watch. Yeah, it could be. It was just very toxic behaviour and I really don't appreciate, like, watching men or anybody um, just, like, act out instead of just mm. saying what the problem is. Yeah, just um, saying what and the problem is. And that was just really uncomfortable because people they need to learn how to like discuss their emotions he was a dickhead and he was really mean to her and I don't even like Meredith and I still feel bad for her yeah I agree um and then (laughs) then we found out sorry I'm going back to the skiing day but a really important moment of the thing of the episode was when Lisa no yeah when Lisa was like talking to Heather about the fact that she was they were texting each other because Lisa's mad they're mad at each other, whatever for the fact that they don't know who they are. But then they were texting each other, so I'm confused because I'm like, I thought Heather I thought Lisa didn't know who Heather was. So why are they texting each other? I'm really confused. Are they friends or not? And then uh-huh. Heather apparently sent a thumbs up emoji, which apparently means fuck you <laughs> in Utah. So instead of the actual like fuck you emoji, a thumbs up. And then Heather's like, no, that's not what it meant. Two thumbs up is a fuck you, blah, blah, blah. That's, I just meant a thumbs up. And then in her one-on-one interview, she's like, I meant fuck you. And I'm like, what's happening? It doesn't mean that at all. And also, why are you texting each other? Like, because Lisa's like, hey, are you going to be there tonight about Meredith's party? And Heather's like, yep. And then they were there. And then Lisa ignored her. And then Heather was like, why did she ignore me? She actually like, she didn't know who I was. I'm like, does she know who she is? <laughs> So well, I was pissing myself when this conversation came up because I do think a thumbs up emoji means fuck you sometimes. What? Um, I've never yes. heard that in my life. Yeah, 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 yeah. So sometimes, like, I obviously do use the thumbs up. That's, like, if it's, like, if I add it with another word and I'm just, like, okay or, like, thanks heaps <laughs> or, like, sounds good, then I'll use the thumbs up and it's not a fuck you. But if you send just a thumbs up in response to someone... It she can mean, like, just mean fuck you. Like, I I don't think it means fuck you, but I can see it as a bit more of a sarcastic, like, oh, yeah, all right. Like. Yeah. Which is, like, fuck you. <laughs> mm, I'm probably going to start using it now so if you get one from me. <laughs> if I send Karina, my best friend, a thumbs up, she'll be like, let's fucking go. <laughs> <laughs> my money is on Karina ten times over. Yeah. Yeah, you are correct with that. <laughs> I would want her in my corner at all times. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's and then it, it, that ended with Lisa being like, "I said I'm sorry and I mean it," and it was the most bitchy, yeah. disingenuous apology ever. And Heather's like, "Great, cool. I I take your apology. I forgive you. Let's move on." And none of it was like, "There's no forgiveness here. There is no nothing here. It is the exact same None. as what we just were." Yeah, there's none. It's, it's going to go for the rest of the season. For the week. rest of the season. And then the little preview for the season was like Jen, back to Jen and Mary, being annoyed at one of the friends for talking to Mary. And she's like, are you with me or are you with Mary? That doesn't make, like, if you're my friend, you need to pick a side, vote. Like, why are you talking to Mary? And I'm like, 
is she still going on about this fucking thing about the hospital comment? <laughs> like, <laughs> she has just picked her battle for the season and is running with it. Oh my god, I love Jen. When she was like, I practice skiing in my house, and she was. <laughs> <laughs> it would just cut to the scene of her wearing rollerblades and she had like the ski poles and she's like rollerblading through her house pretending to ski and all her assistants are just like chanting <laughs> oh my god it was so <laughs> yeah that was pretty wonderful I love There's her so much content I just hope that she doesn't just cling to this one thing for the whole season yeah, I think she absolutely will. And I think there's also um, heaps of hilarious content to come from Jen and probably also Mary as well. Oh, my God, yeah. I can't fucking wait. We saw a preview as well of Mary um, in her Pentecostal church, like, being the first lady. And I was just like, I cannot wait to see, like, a full thing of this. She looks incredible. Yes. I'm very excited. I love this franchise. This is so exciting. It is really exciting. Also, though, I'm very annoyed by Whitney's voice already. I don't want to hear her talk that much more. Oh, yeah, I, I I don't have any, like, hard beef with with Whitney, but I just I don't care much for her. I just – I'm not a fan of her character or, like, the way that she looks or speaks. <laughs> God, I'm just... glad you don't have hard beef with her, though. <laughs> like, I would say with Lisa and Meredith, I have hard beef with them. Like, they're the kind of, like – people that I'm just like you're definitely not for me like I think you're super shady and like you're horrible with Whitney like I don't think she's horrible I just don't want to hear her speak yeah fair um okay so we decided um that we're gonna start doing a segment that involves witch movies (laughs) yeah or witch tv shows or witch tv shows just witchy content witchy content and this um this episode we're gonna talk about the release we're not talking about the actual movie we're talking about the release of the witches 2020 um i in preparation and research i guess i'm a very like thorough individual i watched the first witches like to refresh Mm -hmm. my memory about this and the thing Mm -hmm. that i realized is i'm not refreshing my memory because i never fucking finished watching it because i was so traumatized as a child like i remember being at my auntie kathy's house with all my cousins and as uh-huh. soon as she kind of took her wig off and went to take off the mask, the great, the grand high witch herself, Angelica Houston, uh-huh. I uh-huh. fucking bolted into the kitchen and was like hiding with my cousins. And I was like, I don't want to watch this, take me home. And I made my parents drive me home that night. And I realized today oh I God. never went back and finished the movie because <laughs> the ending, I was like, huh, when did that happen? So the original Witches movie came out in 1990 um, and it's based on a Roald Dahl book. Um, and it was kind of in like that dark fantasy, like that late 80, like late eighties, early nineties, dark fantasy era, mm. um, which is a little bit, it's a bit different from the witch movies, like the craft, um, which we discussed last week. Um, yeah. this one was more along, um, the lines of like, um, the movies that like Jim Henson worked on, um, in the late eighties and early nineties. And Jim Henson actually produced this uh, the 1990 mm. the witches he didn't direct it or anything like he did um like the labyrinth for example with david bowie yeah, um but that. but he did work on this um this movie and i think that that's one of the reasons that it's so good is that yeah. Tim henson worked on the movie um i am super skeptical about the remake Same. because 
Anne I Hathaway? don't think that Anne Hathaway is a substitute for Angelica Houston at Not all. even in the same realm of possibility. Like, she's not on par with Angelica Houston. And while I rewatched it today and I was like, okay, this is a scary app, obviously. This is ridiculous and over the top when she takes her mask off. She's just incredible. And it's the part where she has her face on and is Angelica Houston that she's the most creepy and scary and like the voice is so good and that's just everything i mean she's fucking angelica houston so she's perfect but anne hathaway does not have that in her no way i will fucking shave my head if she's anywhere near like the vibe of what angelica houston brought to this role and i think that's why i was so terrified as a child yes definitely um i have to say like this might be controversial but i hate anne hathaway like, I Same. actually hate her. Same. I think she's Same. not a good actress. Mm-mm. I think her entire, like, um, God, I'm really I'm I hate going her. for it, aren't go I? Go for I it. Her. I was going to do it too. You go. Okay, okay. <laughs> I think that the appreciation from Anne Hathaway comes from um, a really, like, white supremacist place <laughs> that highly <laughs> values um, white women that act really sweet mm. but are also high achieving and I think that that is so insidious um I think that Anne Hathaway gets like highly rewarded for at best mediocre performances mm. um I absolutely cannot stand her I mean she mm. peaked with um the princess diaries like the princess diaries obviously I was just about great. to say that <laughs> she peaked okay peaked. that was good She's not done a single good thing since then. Literally Tell me one nothing. thing that's good that she's done since then. Like, The Devil Wears Prada is good, but not because of her, because of Meryl and Emily Blunt. And exactly. Hathay could have been anyone. She could have been anyone, and she was. She brought nothing likeable or relatable to that character. You related to Emily, and you related to Meryl, and that's really saying something, that Anne Hathaway, in the role of Andy Sachs, couldn't bring one fucking thing to relate to in her character. Like, the fact that you're rooting for the other bitch, the other assistant, and the fact that you're rooting for her, like, bitch boss, this is how terrible she, she was in that role. The clothes were good. She was shit. She got great rack. Like, that's... And I think she did really well because during her, like, peak where she got nominated for an Oscar for Rachel getting married, her red carpet was impeccable. Like, her style on the red carpet was so good. Rachel Zoe was her stylist at the time, and she just mm-hmm. knocked it out of the park. Every single award show... So I think that was where she's kind of, and that just shows you the power of fucking stylists in Hollywood. People can be like, oh, don't judge other women on the red carpet for what they look like. But it's not about that. This is an industry, right? Red carpet fashion is an industry and the stylists are an industry in themselves. And they can be really powerful and you can create someone's career based on it. And I truly think Anne Hathaway cemented her career as a legit A-list star in Hollywood because of her outfits and like her red carpet style. Fight me on it. Because of Rachel Zoe's styling. Yeah, I really do. Like, oh, and I still remember the white fucking big payettes of her gown. Like, it was incredible. But, um, yeah, I think that really helped her. Because after Rachel getting married, who would have remembered her? Like, I, yeah, I really can't stand, can't stand her. And I was really disappointed that she was cast in this movie, especially because of um, Angelica Houston's legacy. Same. Like I could think, I'm trying to think of like an example of who I would have preferred would be cast over her for this kind of role. But I'm totally got a mind blank. Like even someone like Eva Green or literally anyone 
<laughs> Do you know what I mean? Would have been better in this role. I'm really disappointed by all of these casting of um, villain or villainesses or villains in um, like remake movies. Like I really hated Don't say that it. they casted Emma Stone oh. as Cruella Deville. Yeah, Sorry. I hated that. Once again, I don't get it. I don't, I don't get, get Emma Stone. I don't think she's attractive, and I can oh. only assume that white supremacy is the reason that people find her attractive. Um, I think she's like, cute. There's nothing wrong with her, but like, also, there's also nothing especially interesting or beautiful about her, and that's the same with Anne Hathaway. These are just symmetrical white women with a visible jawline. Yeah. Do you know what it was about Emma Stone, I think? It's because she was with Andrew Garfield for a long time, so they had the on-screen, off-screen romance. And also the whole La La Land bullshit when Moonlight won Best Picture. Fucking white supremacy all over it. Um, I was sitting there horrified because I thought you were going to say, like, actresses who was, who was cast as the villains, I thought you were going to say Angelina Jolie, and I was about to jump through my computer screen and slap you because I actually loved Angelina as Maleficent. I thought that was brilliant. That's yeah, like one that was exception. fabulous work. I would never criticise Angelina for that performance. Okay, that was great. beautiful. I wasn't Maleficent sure. is a masterpiece. I completely agree. It took my breath away. Actually, I'd rather have seen Angelina as the Grand High Witch. Like, literally almost anyone. <laughs> other than Angelina would have been a great choice for this role. Yeah. I would not dispute that. She would have been a – I think she could have – because of her legacy and her track record and her style and mm. her, like, formidable – how formidable she is mm. she would be an appropriate follow-up in this role to angelica houston completely agree I feel. Yeah, yeah i'm right there with you um mm-hmm. also <sighs> octavia spencer deserves better than the roles she's given like she does please can we give her something other than this i feel like it's kind of going to be similar to her role in the help like just let her do something else that's worthy of her talents than the grandmotherly kind of nicer older lady. You know what I mean? Yep. Agree. Octavia Spencer also probably would have been great <laughs> yes. for um, the head witch role in this movie. Totally. Would have done a better job than Anne Hathaway. I have no doubt. I have no doubt that she can play a formidable villain. Yeah. Completely agree. Completely yeah. agree. It's really disappointing. Yeah. Like, even already before, like, <laughs> the trailer is disappointing. Yeah. Also, is. can we talk about their creative choice? To, like, so a lot of people that I follow on Instagram, I saw it kind of talked about there, and I hadn't seen the movie yet, so I didn't know. But in the book and uh-huh. in the original movie, one of the features, so with the witches, how you spot a witch kind of thing, is that they don't have their own hair, so they always have itchy scalps because they're wearing wigs. They mm-hmm. wear shoes that conceal the flat, the fact they have no toes. They have mm-hmm. blue spit, purpley eyes, and they have claws for hands. So they're usually wearing gloves. Mm-hmm. For some inexplicable reason, instead of doing that in this movie, they've give they've made them differently limbed instead. So basically in the movie, Anne Hathaway has her first finger and her last finger and her thumb. And that's the horrifying, scary thing. Whereas a lot of people just live like that in this world, like to kind of demonize that and make it seem like a scary thing. There's already such a stigma Uh against people that have different limbs. Like why choose that as the alternative when it's got nothing to do with like claws are scary, 
people with different limbs are not scary and it's such a like old school trope to use something like that I have no idea why they made that creative change and a lot of people were really upset by it that is so disappointing I actually did not notice that um in the trailer maybe the trailer I saw didn't have that part of it I just assumed it would be the same as the original um that is just like it's just not creative it's not innovative Mm. it's not cute it's not thoughtful. Like, I'm just bored by this shit. And yeah. also, I just want to say that um, Guillermo del Toro worked on this film. Um, I really probably butchered their name just then. <laughs> I was like, but I love del Toro's movie. Like, movies, like, I think that, um, like, Pan's Labyrinth and, like, Pacific mm. Rim um, are, like, really good movies. But I feel like Del Toro is going down the drain since, like, he, like, has pushed Hollywood. Mm. And um, I feel like this movie is further evidence of that, as was The Shape of Water, which was, like, some sort of (laughs) free willy love fest. That was disgusting, (laughs) that movie. I did not get it at all. I love free willy. Free willy is a great movie. The Shape of Water is, like, (laughs) a woman falls in love with a fish. Ew. What? I haven't seen that. Yeah. Yeah. And he also utilises, um, like, disability as, like, a plot point in Shape of Water as well. Really? Like, the main character, like, she can't speak. And, like, it's, like, a, like one of the key plot points is that she, like, she's mute. She doesn't speak. Um, it's so strange how he uses stuff like that. And so I blame Del Toro for this okay. ableist decision-making. Yeah, fine. I'm going to put it on him as well. It was just unnecessary and it made a lot of people feel really shit about something that's just a part of their normal daily lives. Um, yeah. So I'm curious to see what your thoughts are going to be on the movie itself, but we can we can pick this back up later. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah, that's all I have um, to discuss. Do you have anything else? No. Well, if that's all the updates you have this week um, – Have a great week, Maddie, and good morning. Good evening. Well, there we have another week of witchy shit and reality show gems. Um, Hope you enjoyed. Please come back next week. And (laughs) there's not much more to say after that. Have a wonderful week. Thanks. (laughs)